When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello? Hey, how's it going, D? Um, I had turned off my Wi-Fi and it automatically booted us off. So, sorry about that. But I'm going to do the reintroduction again. No, that's fine. Do your thing. Okay. All right. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. For today's podcast, I have Dee Murray here from FTO Nerd Talk. Say hello to everyone, Dee. How's it going, guys? How's your day going so far? All right, so I saw a couple of the topics that you wanted to t- that we should actually talk about. It's a little bit of Cardi B, a little bit of the Dwayne The Rock Johnson releasing the information about Black Adam. That's I'm, a- I'm actually super sweaty about that. And then there's the other news that you wanted to talk about, Francis Ford Coppola uh, talking about superhero news being superhero mo- movies being despicable. <laughs> or not so I want to actually yeah. get down and dirty about that too. <laughs> you want to just start with that one? Yeah, we can go with that one. Um, I'll give you your thoughts, and then I'll do mine. Well, uh, it just... You know how I feel about the MCU films, and I have like, a lot of rants and talks about the MCU and what they are. <laughs> like, a part of me agrees with more Scorsese than Coppola, because Coppola just... I, I didn't like the words despicable when it came to, like, you know, talking about film, like, as a director, I think that's going a little too far. But with Scorsese, with it not being cinema, it, it all depends on what he means by cinema. Like, they're more, they're movies. They're not, like, you know, they're not works of art. They're just things that people go to the theater to watch as they go through their day. It's not, it's not going to change your life, really. But, you know, I guess some people do take that type of, like, feel or, you know, gravity from those kind of films, but I, I I see more where Scorsese is coming from than Coppola. Coppola just sounds like one of those angry dudes who tell people to get off his lawn, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. I totally agree. Like, I can actually I can actually stand on what Scorsese says too, because of the different time, different era that he came from as well. Right. Because of how he actually does film. I'm not saying Coppola didn't come from that same time period or whatever, but Let's just face it. Scorsese has a better track record than what Coppola does, and everything. If you look from films, you know what I, I mean. Coppola's claim to fame is what? Just like The Godfather, mostly, right? And uh, Apocalyptica, or whatever that. Was it Apocalypse Now? Or was it Apocalyptica? Yeah. No, it's Apocalypse Now. That's it. I thought Oliver Stone did Apocalypse Now. There was something that he actually did that was actually Francis Ford Coppola that did something similar to that or whatever. But his that's all Francis Ford. We Coppola can't we can't even for. think about what it is. That's the crazy part. Exactly. That's exactly right. And that's the thing about it is he's only known for The Godfather, like you said. So there's not really a lot of groundwork that you can actually agree with Francis Ford Coppola on. And, at all. The, and when it comes to the third third Godfather film, he didn't give much praise for that movie. No, that was actually the worst of the sequels and everything. As a matter of fact, the, there's only get this. I read the first two Godfather. Well, actually, I read the Godfather book, and it only covers up to Robert De Niro and Al Pacino 
doing the whole entire flashback back and forth in the second half of the book. Wow. There was never really a third Godfather book or anything like that. It was his own entity, and it was horrible. So when you think about it, like this is this is his own creation that everything tied into like the old creation, and this is what he had to show for it. Exactly, and you know, I like superhero movies just as much as everybody else does. I don't think it's going to change my life or anything like that. I can actually relate to certain characters in a certain way, but I'm not going to be like one of those people that says, "Oh my God, this movie changed my life." I, I mean, can actually so- live my, you know. You say that, but some people say that about this new Joker film, and a lot of people say that about Heath Ledger's Joker. I never heard that before. What uh, what have just, you heard just about, like this, about um, the mental illness part of the character inside the new Joker, and like you know how people can relate to that character, and how like uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know too much about what goes on inside of it, but just how you keep trying and struggling and trying to change your life, and how things just. Uh, don't work out the way you want it to, like it sometimes leads you to do dastardly or bad things. And a lot of people say, like, you know, they can relate and understand with that, and like that that resonates with them. And with the Joker in the Dark Knight, it's all about like the destruction of society, pretty much, like bringing down society. And a lot of people can relate with that kind of stuff, like people getting frantic about certain things, people taking things like too far, or putting too much of themselves into one ideologue, and going off of that, and a lot of people can relate and understand with both the Heath Ledger and the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Right. I can actually understand that standpoint with the Heath Ledger Joker, but I saw the movie Joker twice, and I didn't see that, how that movie could change my life. I saw how mentally disturbed that he was and everything and stuff like that, but I couldn't go on record saying that that movie can change my life into something that isn't part of anything really. What about uh, what about a Scorsese film? What Scorsese, Scorsese film can you say like actually change the way you saw something? Well, I always go with like based on true stories or based off true events type of stuff about how I saw things from the true story side back over to the fictional side. If that if that counts, but no, it does. My wife does the same thing. She's big into big like true crime type stories, true crime podcast. Like, I feel like Mars Orsiezi did the uh, Goodfellas in the right context in the way, right way because everything was pretty much similar to what the actual stuff that actually happened with Henry Hill. Right. And everything. And then also, too, even The Wolf of Wall Street was like a dark comedy, if you think about it. But there was actually some true context within that whole entire thing, too, that I could actually go back and say that Scorsese actually changed the way cinema actually is, trying to do stuff that's based off of the true stories, opposed to what Coppola has done, which is not really much of anything but fictional work. That's not even really based off of anything. Like, but you can still say, like, The Godfather really changed, like, how you saw, like, the mafioso family and, like, the dynamic true. with, those, with those, uh, those type of people in that, like, the, the horse in the head. Like that, he he put right. that out there for everyone to see, and like you know what to do when you go to like to a mobster's uh, a wedding for a, for a mobster's daughter, like how you supposed to interact and things like that. It just those type of little like nuances really change how you saw that type of society. That's true too, because that was actually a good standpoint in that whole entire movie about sending a right. message. Right, I get your point with that. That's actually a good point. My, my wife tells me I like play that. devil. I play devil's advocate quite often. I play that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm straddling defense of both of these guys, but 
I, I still, like I said before, I still agree more with Scorsese than I do with Coppola when it comes to like, they're talking about these superhero films. And I honestly think they wouldn't have said anything about any of this if it wasn't for the Joker film. I think, oh, like, they, I agree. I think they realized that the Joker film has some kind of merit to it. Like, it has some kind of feel and gravity, again, with that word, like, to gravitas. people who watched it. Or gravitas, yeah, to it. And, and like, it's going to gain some traction if DC keeps doing things like this. I don't think Marvel's going to follow suit with this type of uh, storytelling because they, their, their platform doesn't really, like, lend them to that. But uh, I definitely... It's definitely it's it's different and it could change things. It could definitely change things in a big aspect aspect now as far as the way we see the MCU possibly and everything because of the fact that don't forget they're Disney actually owns twentieth century Fox now. Yeah. So that could actually change things in a certain aspect as well on well, how they I, layer the characters out. What character would you see like at, at at Fox Spotlight though? Like what what movie would you see there, like besides Deadpool? You think like they'll they'll do the X Men at Fox again? You think they'll bring them over like to like the Marvel Studios? Like what would they do inside that company? I would love to see an R rated Ghost Rider movie with layers to them. The pain and agony of him collecting those sins and punishing those who have done wrong, and I'm also not- the transformation of who Johnny is. I guess I can see that, but they've already introduced like Robbie Ray as to like, that that Asian and Shield show, and I was saying that well, also, but like he's already getting a TV show, so. Well, they could always recast, and well, like I said, they don't have to actually do it to where it connects in with the TV series. Oh, you mean like do the same thing that DC's doing, like, like they did with the Joker, just make a spinoff type movie that has right. nothing to do with the franchise altogether. Exactly. That was a big. That was a big move on their part, by the way. That was a big move on them, and it could have backfired in everything in every aspect, but it worked. It that did. whole entire movie worked. I had a I had an argument with someone like about how that's not a DC film, but like it is. It is a DC film. Like it may not be attached to like the DCEU, but it is still a DC film. Right. It still has layers to the Killing Joke. It still has layers to the Cesar Romero Joker. It has layers to Arthur, which is basically that they're using aspects from the killing joke because he's a comedian. Right. And everything, too. So, yeah, it's a comic book-based movie based in the DC world. It's just dealing with realism and mental health. Pretty much. And that's what I grabbed my attention to it was the fact that it's its own thing, its own entity, without having to connect it with the DCU, and you can actually have a little bit more fun with it, adding layers to those characters, and having them fleshed out a little bit like we haven't seen before. And yes, there is nods to Thomas Wayne as well as Bruce Wayne in the in that movie too. Still got still gotta watch that. I, I still haven't seen any of that, but I've heard that I've seen drawings and things that said like, you know, there is. I just haven't haven't seen it. Right. Right. I'm not trying to spoil it for you or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you what I know without spoiling it. And the reason why I haven't seen that, I should probably tell your listeners, is uh, I don't like watching movies when they first come out in theaters because there's so much hype around how good it is. Like, right now, you and I are talking about this movie and how awesome it possibly is and, like, all the layers to it and, like, how it affects everybody. And I still haven't seen it, but I'm already caught up in that hype. So right. I feel like it would change, like, how I see this film 
if I get caught up in it and like I'll have to watch it again. If say I watch it now, if I watch it again in like a year or so, I may not feel the same way about it. So I'll much rather just wait for all this hype to die down, didn't watch the film. That's my philosophy of watching. I gotcha, because there is a such thing as being overhyped. Yes. And those expectations are not met, so therefore you'll be let down by it. Yes. I got I fully agree with you on that because there's some movies that I felt like, you know, I was hyped up for something and then it just winds up crashing and burning for me and I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm like but my, I understand. One of my big examples is uh Takers with um Idris Elba, Paul Walker. Oh yep. I remember that one. Like I liked it when I first saw it because it was so hyped. Then like I watched it a couple of years after, like like why did I like this movie? This is not very good. I I agree with you on that because, like I said, I can I can actually think of a couple of movies that I've seen where I was thinking that this movie is the great great thing. Like for instance, I know it's a little 1994 movie, but it was Mortal Kombat. And then I look at it, I'm like, this is not what I thought it was. <laughs> this like, I mean, you, like, know, you can play with like, mean, like like your taste change and things like that, but yeah, <laughs> you still got right? caught up. I'm in like, that. I made my parents sit through this. I feel bad for them. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and here I am eating my popcorn, stuffing my face with popcorn. Going crazy! Right. Oh, I love and... this. is so good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I'm looking at it like, okay, this was not as good as I remembered it was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> at least you got good memories out of it. That's all that matters in here. Right. With my friends and uh, going to the movie theaters to see it, but. As far as Sorsese goes and stuff like that, I have to. I'm fully on agree with you. I have to side with him. I don't like the fact that he calls the that poor Coldplay called it despicable, because I don't see anything despicable about um, comic book based movies, other no. than the fact that he doesn't understand them. I guess that's what he's like. That's what really bothers me about what he said. Like he's uh he's actually making it like giving it a stigma by saying things like that, by saying that it is despicable. He's he's putting a stigma on comic book films and saying, like, you know, this is, like, beneath cinema and none of you should like it. And, again, I know I ranted and raved about the MCU and some of the DCEU films, but that's not how I feel about those movies. I don't find them despicable. I just want them to be better. Right, exactly. And, you know, another thing, too, is, like, I've been seeing a lot of this back-and-forth thing with every director that you can think of now where they're either defending it or they're trashing it, and I'm like, does it even really matter what your opinion actually is? Given by the things that I've read in the comments, uh, no. <laughs> exactly. Because it's not going to stop us from watching comic book-based movies just because it didn't no. work for you. No, it won't. It doesn't mean it's, gonna, doesn't, it's not going to work for the rest of us. Just because you see them as despicable doesn't mean that we're going to see them as despicable because we're the ones who's paying the ticket. We're the ones who's enjoying it and stuff like that. And opinions are like buttholes. Everyone's got one. You know, <laughs> the different version of that 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 euphemism, but I know what you mean. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I do. I get you. But you know what I mean. I just don't see why uh, why he would trash something that people love and knows that they're going to get a big old huge backlash against it. Maybe or be coming out soon. True, <laughs> and Sorsese has Irishmen, so. So, yeah, there's that, right? 
So he wants a little bit of publicity to help his movie. But pretty much Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and all those guys, all those mafioso guys are there. to That that will sell your movie alone. You don't need this publicity mm-hmm. and hype. Not, not like it used to. They, they don't have a name well, like they used to. True. But seeing Joe Pesci on there, getting him out of retirement to be in The Irishman, that should get you amped up a little bit. I mean, it could, but, you know, if you heard Jack Nicholson was going to be in a movie, would you get super hyped about that? Not really, because he hasn't been anything since The Departed <laughs> that I actually liked. <laughs> there you go, man. So, I get your point. It's, just, it's all about, like, the new names now, and honestly, I, I know I'm saying this, like, for most of your podcasts, but uh, most of the big names now are in the superhero film. Right. That's why you see so many like big name stars migrating over to superhero because they got to get their name out there. And that's what people are watching. Exactly. And that's what keeps them interested. Yeah. I've told my wife, um, you know how like a lot of millennials out there are just like just now starting to have kids and like they're, they're going to watch movies and stuff like that. I'm telling you right now, once those, uh, once the children of like all the millennials out there get into probably middle school, close to high school, so maybe in the next four years or something like that, you're going to see a, a resurgence of good films again. Like I can almost guarantee it. Like the superhero films are going to not go away, but they're going to simmer down. Like movie theater tickets are going to go, like are start going to start selling again. And parents are going to start, start taking their kids to movie theaters again. Like it's going to happen. I can almost, I can almost a hundred percent guarantee in about four to five years, you're going to see an increase in movie ticket sales again. I would love to see that, though. I would love to see an increase in ticket sales and stuff like that. I want to see people back in cinema again versus people streaming stuff on the on the Internet and stuff. Well, it's more than just like streams off the Internet. It's, uh, it's the streaming shows. It's the streaming movies. It's uh, having everything so quickly accessible to you and having the same budget for a film on your TV set. Like, you know, it's just it's having that, but... The beautiful thing about going to the movie is, is the movie seeing experience. And that's what people are missing out on, is that movie exactly. seeing experience. Exactly. I, with those new fine dining, like uh, restaurant style movie theaters, and like getting, being able to see a movie while you're doing that, because so many of us, we don't follow that old standard of not watching TV and eating dinner. Everyone watches TV and eat dinner. So, like, I feel like having that be the new standard. And eating while you're watching the movie, I think that's going to be changing a lot of things in four to five years with families watching movies. That would be an awesome idea, though. As a matter of fact, I used to go to this movie theater called The Silver Screen, mm-hmm. and they had this round table. You can order Chinese food, pizza, beer, stuff like that, and they bring it to you. And you sit down in this bucket seats, and you watch the movie. And now imagine doing that with, with your whole family. Like, right, know, and that's every, exactly what every it is. month or so. Right, it's actually your whole family being there, and you can actually watch the movie and eat the pizza. It's actually a full course meal pizza. And I'm sure some people are already like doing stuff like this, but honestly, like people with like actual toddlers and kids like in elementary school, when those kids get older and people want to still watch movies, it's gonna take off. I really, it think will. That. Um. So. Did you want to talk about the whole Cardi B, uh, B being in Fast and, Fast and the Furious 9? How do you feel about that? I got mixed emotions with it. And one way I'm like, okay, she she's a good actress. I like her. You watched watch Hustlers. Hustler, right? Huh? 
You watch Hustlers, right? You talked about that on your podcast. Right. Like I said, I saw Hustlers. I thought she was good in Hustlers. But everybody still has that whole entire thing where she drugged the men and yeah. stuff like that. And stuff like that. You know? <laughs> you know, I think about that, and I, and I haven't watched the movie, but I listened to your review of it. And it, you talked about how, like, I listened to your review, I listened to a review on NPR about how, like, they, they do drugs, some men, and take their money. And that's kind of, like, most of, like, the big premise on that movie is them doing that. But, like, Cardi B's part in that movie was mostly just her teaching someone else how to dance. Exactly. But, but, uh, that, that same thing happened with, uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, Franco, James Franco. Right. He he was caught talking to an underage girl before he did this movie where he talks to an underage girl. And I feel like this is one of those those tropes that like the actors do to get like exposure for a film they're about to do. Because like you said before, that movie made a lot of money. It made over like over forty million in the first week. Yeah, it made like forty mil in the so first af- week. So after like not being a superhero film with some of that happened, that's a pretty big deal. Right. And like I, like I said, I feel mixed about it because of that reason, because of what she did in real life. Yeah. Because of the fact that she did do those things to those guys. But at the same time, is this movie going to really be successful because of that? Are people going to go and see it, see this movie at Cardi B and it's going to be a Fast and the Furious 9 and it is a successful franchise. Yeah. But some, huh? Yo, yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Hobbs and Shaw did real well too. Right, and you know what? I actually prefer Hobbs and Shaw over the actual Fast and the Furious movie, movie franchise, and everything because of how fun it was actually was without focusing on Vin Diesel and everything. But, but you know, Vin Diesel's coming back in that blush that Bloodshot movie. That looks and, you know, really good. <laughs> it does look good. Like he's coming back in that movie, and it's uh, it's gonna resurge his name again. Like hopefully it's a franchise he can stick instead of like some like the, like the Last Witch or the other crappy movies he's been doing. The Last Witch Hunter, yeah. Good God, that movie was not very good. <laughs> it was bad. <sighs> and, I don't even you know, know how Elijah Wood even said yes to that movie. <laughs> and you know, like he, he's gonna get his name out there again, so that's also gonna put more boost inside. Oh, the new Fast and the Furious movie. Like he got Cardi B on top of it. I think she has has a new album coming out pretty soon. So, True. like, even if I don't like what she did, and I don't, but honestly, if it was like guy that did all this kind of stuff, I wouldn't even be talking about that person who did something like that. But since like you know, it's a woman who did this. Yeah, I know it's a double standard, but it doesn't bother me as much. And she didn't like you know didn't do anything bad, like too bad. She just drugged them and took their fucking money, but. Still bad, I know. Right. <laughs> but, again, you know, if it was a guy that did this, I'd feel a whole different kind of way about it. But since, like, all she did was just took their money after all that happened, it sucks, it's bad, it's wrong. I, like, I stopped, like, paying attention to her music. I blocked her from Spotify, and I'll probably keep that up for a whole year. And then, like, after after all that happens, like, see, like, how she does and whatnot, I'll go back listening to her. I just, I pause people. Instead of, like, doing the whole cancel culture, I pause people. Like I just take a pause from something, see how I feel about it, see like how they're how like that whole thing in their life is going, and go from there. But like if something bad happens again inside their life, I I'm done. 
Like, it's, right. like, a, it's like a one strike rule. Like, I'm done afterwards. Right. I got you because I'm pretty much the same way when it comes down to that, too. It's like, okay, I'm going to take a break from you for a little bit because I believe people can change over a period of time. Yeah. So if I see some change or something that's going on within that person, I'm like, okay, I'll give you a, one more shot. But if you wind up doing the crap that you were doing before, that's it. And of course, there are limits to it, too. Like, Kevin Spacey, I'm done with Kevin Spacey. I can't. I just, like, but, uh, even, even after he pled not guilty or no, thank you. I'm good. Right. Yeah, I got I you. <laughs> I just, I cannot. Cause yeah, like, I believe the guy that this happened to that, like that actually happened to him. And right. Kevin Spacey has been acting kind of weird since that happened. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Kevin Spacey. My thing is, how do you not remember doing something that to that person? That's like, my thing. And when he went to court, he started, like, acting crazy, like, and spouting lines from his movies. Like, yeah, dude, you're making it so much more weirder than, like, it, it had to be. So, I'm done with you. And you see, I feel that way about that, too. And then not only that, but the director, I refused to watch a Jeepers Creepers movie because of that whole entire thing what the director did. I, I have not heard about that. He's actually a child molester. Yeah, I figured that's where you were going. I feel that way about Brian Singer. I, I had to. I didn't want to watch the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Then I realized that someone else finished directing it for him. So, right. Yeah, like I, I won't watch any more Brian Singer films. I, I'm glad he didn't do like the Dark Phoenix movie. Grateful for that, but I still haven't watched that movie either. I just, yeah, I'm the same way with. I didn't you. see I Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you because. With, with uh, the guy, like I said before, from Jeepers Creepers, the director and everything, nobody hardly even knows this. And as a matter of fact, I'm in a horror group and nobody know, knew that he was actually a child molester. Good God. I'm like, you do know that this guy's a child molester, right? They're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. I said, I tried watching Jeepers Creepers like for the first five minutes. I'm like, I can't do this. I went on ahead, shot it off and everything. I was like, I can't do this knowing that this guy did that. Yeah. I guess and, that's too. Yeah. Like, it's just but, like knowing. You just can't. It's just hard to enjoy. You just can't do it anymore. Exactly. And another thing, too, like the whole Cardi B thing um, is this. Is the fact that, you know, it is a successful Fast and the Furious. It is a successful franchise. And there are people that are just fatigued with it. Yeah. So my thing is this does this actually add more fire to the fuel knowing that she's in this movie that could possibly feel the franchise because of the fatigue of this and people who are actually liking the franchise might actually not want to go out and see it yeah. because of cardi b and all this i guess it's like it's a it's a thing that they're thinking about but you know cardi b does have a whole lot of fans and they they kind of like you know die for that fucking for cardi b so yeah so, you got that, like, they're going to see that movie. I'm pretty sure a big amount of people who saw the Hustlers movie were Cardi B fans. That's true. And they some of them were also J-Lo fans, but J-Lo is pretty much burnt out now. It's all about Cardi B. I mean, just saying, like, and even though she wasn't in for very much, like, that and Lizzo, I'm pretty sure they were very, like, hard-pressed to watch those two actors on the stage. Exactly. But, uh... Another thing, too, I wanted to talk about was the Dwayne Johnson announcement. Whoop, whoop. 
with Black Adam. I'm pumped for this. I know I Me haven't too. watched Shazam. I know I've told you, told you already I haven't watched a Shazam movie. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch Aquaman too, but this I may actually see in theaters. Like, I'm, I'm pumped for this. I really love the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be Black Adam. This thing is actually has the tambalization that this is actually happening now. I don't, I don't know like how they're going to tell his story. If they go like with the with the story of him being from the Middle East and like the Wizard Shazam finds him and gives him the power and like how all that happens, that'd be cool. But I really hope like like he's already established and we just get like flashbacks from his life and like he's struggling with trying to be like a hero or anti-hero or you know, right? That whole struggle within. Yeah, because that's 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 Tess Adam's whole thing is is that like he's. He's sometimes struggling, like with being like what he what what he wants and what he wants to be, but he's a king on top of it, so he kind of does what he wants on top of all of that. So, yeah, it's gonna be. I want. I can't wait to see the chemistry between him and Shazam. I can't wait until I see the smack talk uh, between Billy and him. That's gonna be fun. It is. It's gonna be really fun. And and The Rock is a great actor. It's so good. And someone asked me this on my podcast the other day was, do you, do I think that the, the rock and with black Adam is going to have the same type of darkness as the Joker, uh, from the DC. And I'm, I said no, because of the fact that there are two different types of universes, but you can still add a little bit of darkness to it. But lightness is where Billy stands on is, and lightness, uh, illuminates darkness. So you have balance between the two of them. Yeah. And like if Shazam is going to be in this movie and like I haven't heard anything about the script so I don't know if he is or not. But uh, if if you want to do something dark like the Joker with Black Adam it would have to be rated R. Like he's that mm. he's that savage of a character. Like so if you go Agreed. like if you go hard press Black Adam it, it would have to be like either a very hard PG thirteen or R because there would be a lot of blood. He's super strong, like so. Unless like he doesn't have his powers for most of the movies, it it could be boring on, on first off, but it can also just not be told in the way that most kids who are under the age of thirteen will want to watch. Right, and that's the thing too. You have to keep their attention as well, yeah, and their attention span. Yeah. And I don't see that happening with this movie at all, especially no. if you're looking at The Rock. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's Although, kind of what I've been thinking to myself, too, like about this. Like, it has to have a really good script. It has to. That's what I'm thinking, too. And if they do have Shazam in this, too, I'm hoping that they don't wait too long until these kids are actually older. <laughs> you know what I mean? That wouldn't be good. No. <laughs> no. people would be pissed. Be- because if you think about it, they should have, as soon as they saw that this thing was making money, they should have said, people. okay, we're shooting. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, you have, I'm just going to call him Tiny Tim because he's on crutches or whatever. I forgot his character's name. But, uh, Freddy. Freddy, yeah. You have Freddy that is going to be older soon. You have all these kids that are about to be older. And to me, it would make a whole lot more sense to actually go on ahead, do the sequel while it's hot. Right and everything, and have them probably at the same age, and it'll be it'll work. I mean, 
I, I heard good things about this movie. That's the good things about it. I heard, heard like, one person's like, well, Shazam sucked, even though everyone thought no. it sucked before it happened. Like, I've heard one negative comment about this film, and, like, I, I agree with you. Like, they should have started directing as soon as after, like, it happened, but it seems like, I'm not sure if you've been following it, it seems like Zachary Levi has been kind of, like, like promoting a sequel for this film, so we don't actually sure if we're going to get a sequel anytime soon. Like, you I know, haven't like, seen that. It, it was something say... on his Twitter. Like he was kind of like promoting, like going to different places, and from he was promoting the film, but also kind of like trying to like promote a sequel for the film too. You know, what would be funny though. What if they're actually filming and they didn't even make any announcements for it? Yeah, that would be nice. And he's actually promoting it, even though they're actually filming it. That would most definitely be nice. That would actually be funny, though, because I'd be like a 10-year-old, something a 10-year-old would do, well, a 12- or 13-year-old kid would do. And Zachary Levi is actually playing that kind of character. I like how no one complained that Mark Strong was like a Dr. Chibaro. Right. He, he plays Sinestro <laughs> in the same, you know, franchise or company. Right. But back to the whole Black Adam thing, I'm all for it. The script can be really good. They can actually make a really good Black Adam movie if they add the layers to him, if they actually use that struggle within, like you said, and stuff like that. And you couldn't get anybody better than to play that character than The Rock. I agree. Like you can you can try to find some people who can cover that cover that role, but The Rock is the one who who would nail it, definitely. Exactly, and if, if it's for kids, definitely he's the guy to go to. Right, and you know the, the audiences are going to go see it because hey, it's The Rock. <laughs> They're going to gravitas to The Rock. He's been slaying movies left and right, man. Everything right. he does is a hit. I finally watched that one film he was in with the uh, skyscraper. I think it's called. Skyscraper. Oh yeah, I heard that awesome. movie was bad. It was awesome. I loved it. I thought it, it, it's they they wanted to capture Die Hard. They got it. That was a Die Hard type movie. I loved it. You see, I want to go. I want to see that. I haven't seen that one yet. If you if you love Die Hard, you'll love Skyscraper. I don't care what anyone says. Like, oh, it's cheesy. Die Hard is cheesy. It's whatever. Like, it's a good movie. Right. Die Hard is one of those cheesy uh, action flavored movies that we don't yep. hardly get that much anymore. And that's what Skyscraper is. Like, uh, honestly, I can watch that movie over and over again. That's how good it is. I'm going to have to check it out whenever it's back on again so that way I can Please record it. do. You so have to, get, to watch this movie. You definitely made me uh, want to go on ahead and check this out now because I like The Rock. I like his charisma. I like everything about him. So I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. I figured you'd be in line to watch this movie, man. Well, I missed out on it because some stuff happened and stuff like that. You know how life is. Yeah. So, so I never got to actually fully on got got to see it. So this is actually going to make me want to see even more now because of how excited you are when you saw this movie and it's a diehard kind of flavor. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to check it out. And, like, it starts out with him and his family. Like, you know, you, you see him at his new job. And, like, it all takes place in a span of one day, just like Die Hard. Oh, so good. So good. If it's on I HBO Go, I'm going to go go and watch it as soon as we get, off, get done with this. That's, that's, that's what I'm watching tonight before I go to bed. <laughs> You just I just sold myself on it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Um <laughs> 
but I think that's the end of our topics and everything that we wanted to actually hit on with. Yeah, but, I think so. But there's one question that one of our, my fans wrote in to me today was, do you think that 3D movies are dying? What what movies? What type of movies? 3D movies. Never heard of them. No, like 3D. I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I got, I, oh okay, okay. I got, I got what you're saying. <laughs> my bad. I, I don't like 3D movies. I can't stand them. <laughs> it can you be because, like, I actually wear glasses. So, like, for me, it uh, it, bo- it bothers them. But, yeah. Right, because you'll be wearing glasses over glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get your point. I totally get your point, man. Because my friend, Ke- my, one of my friends actually wears glasses and he watches 3D movies. I'm like, dude, you're literally watching a film with glasses over glasses. It, How does that work? Pinch. It pinches like crazy. Exactly. But, you know, with me, the last movie I actually saw that was 3D that I really said that I can actually enjoy in 3D was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wow. Because of the way that they actually shot it in 3D. Yours is way, way more previous than mine. My last one was Dread. Judge Dread. Oh, yeah. Dread was like, really good. <laughs> oh, that, I, I, I love that movie. It's also a very diehard kind of feel to it, like much more like a Punisher feel diehard type movie. But uh, I watched that movie in 3D, and it was amazing. It's 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 worth watching in 3D. It definitely is. I remember watching that movie in 3D and enjoying the 3D effects and the plot. Like you said, reminded me of the Punisher type of feel to it, and him having to go through that whole entire building like that. like like the Raid Redemption, yeah. It it was fantastically well shot, fantastically well executed, and everything. And like I said, I mean, this is a good 3D movie. But as far as people lining up to go and see a 3D movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say that this is going to be one of those things that where 3D is probably going to be fading away soon. Well, unless like James Cameron makes his new Avatar in 3D again, you know. Oh, interesting that you should say that. I actually did a report the other night, and guess what? James Cameron said that he's not going to shoot the next Avatar movies in 3D. <laughs> okay. So he started his whole craze and just said, like, I'm done with it. All right. Right. <laughs> All right, then. I, I would prefer and IMAX like, anyway. After after watching The Dark Knight and IMAX, like, I was sold, so. Right. And that's something I never understood was, like, okay, dude, you just made a movie that was, that stood out on the big, on the big screen in the theaters. And it was shot differently than any other film. Yeah, the, it has similarities. Nobody really cared for it because of the whole Fern Gully thing or whatever. But you can't deny that the fact that 3D effects actually stood out during that film. Yeah. And now you're saying, I'm doing away with it after you just made a whole entire production company based off of those the 3D effects. Nuts, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're being wishy-washy. I don't know what all that's, that's about. That's weird to me. And he's making three of them in one time, and they're not going to be shot in 3D, even though like that's his, that's his bag now, but whatever. Right, and he's also saying, too, that 3D is actually fading away. Well, there you go. I guess that answered like, your, your, uh, your listener's question. <laughs> right. And James he, Cameron and said it first. <laughs> but, but get this, though. The, listener, the person got mad at me because of the fact that it was something James Cameron had said, but he thought that it was me that actually said it. I said, dude, it's not me that said it. <laughs> you shouldn't get mad at me. 
Get me in the camera because he's the one who said it. <laughs> Take out on that guy. Don't take it out on me. Don't kill the messenger, man. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, dude, don't kill me. I'm just, hey, I'm just the guy who gets the messages and everything. I'm just getting, <laughs> giving it back to you. And there's even in parentheses that James Cameron said this. Crazy. But, you know what I mean? But I just just because we don't like 3D films doesn't mean that anybody else shouldn't. But Yeah, do your thing. Like, I will never watch him again. But, yeah, go nuts. And the only reason Same why here. I thought... And- the only reason why I thought Judge Dredd was so good is because, like, there was a lot of, like, a hallucination with the drugs drugs that went on inside that movie, so it made all those scenes where they were high even cooler because it was in 3D. And that was a very trippy thing, too, as well. That made it start out, like you said. Yeah. Another, another thing, too, was, I'm actually going to say this, too. I did see Dr. Now that I'm, re- now that I'm remembering as I'm talking, I did go see... Doctor Strange in 3D. I thought it would be good in 3D. Well, to be honest with you, the 3D effects didn't stand out as much. Ouch. Like I thought they would, because I'm like, man, this thing would be really trippy in 3D. This yeah. thing would be cool. Yeah, it would be. It wasn't. That's it fun. was very disappointing. Well, I think I watched a, a horror film once in 3D, and I was watching it, and I realized, like, this isn't shot for 3D, but it's in 3D. Like, these scenes aren't made to be seen in 3D, but the whole film is 3D. And that's, like, that's a takeaway, too, when you're watching a film. If it's not if it's not shot for 3D, it just makes the whole experience worthless. Exactly, and that's what I was about to say. If the film is not filmed in 3D and everything, it's not going to pop out at you like an Avatar movie would. Yeah, and then if they add in just the 3D effects, it's just going to look like another 2D movie. Yeah. With some, like, for example, the characters could be not standing out. You might actually see a flower pot that's actually in 3D. And all the other characters are in 2D instead. <laughs> oh, that sounds like that sounds like a waste of a 3D shot. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Exactly. It's like, okay, these two characters are talking, but they're supposed to be the standout with this 3D image, but instead we're seeing a flower pot that's actually a 3D image. Like, I hate to say this. I hate to say, like, you know, these words just like this, but it's uh, it's, it's lackluster and sometimes lazy, like, crafting of a film to not incorporate that kind of stuff when you know you're making a 3D film. It's just why do it if you're not going to incorporate those things into the film? Like, even if you think it's hacky, you know the process because, like, you learn to shoot these films like this, so why not shoot it like, at least some scenes for that format if you know it's going to be, like, paid for and bought in that format. I just, I never understood why directors did that. I don't understand it either, unless they're like, okay, well, it's not on our production budget, so we're going to go in and shoot a regular movie and then put them in later don't get it i don't either but anyways i think that's pretty much the end of the whole the show huh or is there anything else you have um i think i think you want to talk about like you know stranger things but if uh yeah we can do stranger things i know i never watched anything past the first three episodes so there you go oh you you haven't i have not wow is it the pacing or um the kids bother me they're they're not they're they're really annoying. 
So <laughs> I want to hear this. I really do. I want to hear this. I watched these kids and like they go play in their basement. It's like, okay, this is like the Goonies. I like the Goonies. And like they just kept doing their thing, and then like the girls showed up, and it's like, okay, so this is like a little mystery kind of feel to it. While while I'm watching this, and the girl get runny noses, and she has some kind of telekinetic powers. Okay, I guess. And, like, what the hell is that big alien creature? And where's the other kid, like, who's part of their friends? They're not really, they're looking for this kid, but they're not really, like, looking for this kid. And, like, the mom is worried, but she's not that worried about the kid. Like, it just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care for any of it. Like, it just bothered the living hell out of me. I would like to actually sit there next to you watching this show and just do a reaction video. <laughs> And, and watching me react to it because I'm loving it. And, like, I'm watching these episodes and thinking myself, like, okay, but the older brothers, he seems like, you know, he's really active and cares about his brother. Like, it reminds me of, uh, like, the whole Georgie it thing right now. Like, okay. But, like, right. he, he doesn't have his shit together. Like, on top of all that, like, okay, I guess. I guess that's, that's like, the dynamic of this, and it takes place in the 80s. That's, that's the kick on top of all of it. And, again... <laughs> Some strange girl just goes to their fucking basement with a runny nose who has special like let's take her in because like ET like too much. You guys are doing you guys are doing too much 80s shit in one TV show. I am done. Right. I get it. You, you guys love the 80s. Right. And you know what? I got that feel to it too, where it was like an ET kind of feel to it because of that whole entire basement scene. It's like, okay, we're not dealing with an alien. We're dealing with a human being hiding out from the government <sighs> and everything. So I actually get your point there. And I heard it you progress. Know, I heard it changed around. Like, I heard, like, the character got some death and, like, you know, you learn more about what She really happening. did. Her character actually got better. Uh, the second season, not so much. I felt like the second season was actually not that great at all. I feel like that's actually like the Dark Knight trilogy with the Dark Knight Rises. So I look at it as uh, Stranger Things Rises. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Because I felt like season two was actually the weakest season. And season three... Huh? Which is odd when it comes to TV shows. Usually the second season is the best one. Right. Even the Sopranos, though, if you look at the Sopranos seasons... The second season wasn't the best one and everything. It was the first season. And then after anything after season one up until uh, all the way up until season five, it was actually pretty good. Nobody really cared for season two that much. Interesting. I didn't hear. I didn't know if you knew that or not. There was some backlash about that online. Like, you know, season two wasn't that good. Like everyone saw season two. Like, oh my God, like all the problems were fixed. I love this new season. Yeah. But for me, with Stranger Things, it reminded me of me being in the basement with a couple of my friends, playing D&D together or Magic the Gathering together, and wasting hours and hours upon hours of taking each other down and everything. That's what I gravitated towards was that aspect. I respect that, and I get that, but like, I guess that's that's where I'm different than most people. I don't. No offense to you or anyone else, I don't need to see myself and characters to enjoy something. And I think like that's the main thing when it comes to superhero films, is that people need to see themselves. That's why so many that's why so many people love this fucking Spider Man movie. But yeah, I hear you. I get what you're saying. 
Right. And I can I actually respect your feelings on the Spider-Man movie as well, too, because here's the thing. When I was watching Stranger Things, I got it. I ended up watching it before the hype. Ah. Uh, so I was there hooked. before the hype. You got hooked before. Like, I actually got a fan message me and goes, hey, have you checked out Netflix's new show called Stranger Things? I said, no. What's it about? Then he told me it had like a little bit of a Stephen King flavor mixed in with a little bit of Steven Spielberg. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot because I like both of them. Next thing you know it, I winded up loving the show because of those aspects. <laughs> and I saw those aspects in those characters and in the tone of the show. And I was so happy that I didn't catch it while it was on the hype because of the fact I can actually view it on my own feelings without it having to be so amped up. And the other cool thing you know? is it's, it's um, it was one of Netflix's big show after Orange is the New Black kind of sort of simmered down, so, you know. Right. And <clears throat> anyways, another thing, too, that I really liked about the show was besides that was the fact that I saw certain characters or whatever that my friends and I would actually engage in with the games and stuff like that was how real some of the characters were and how real the how Winona Ryder was actually trying to look for a son but at the time too it's like okay all these doors are unlocked which is normal because it's the 80s but at the same time like are we really that trusting yeah as a whole right because I've been known as the, I, I've actually heard my parents actually say, well, back when I was younger, we used to be able to unlock our doors while we left. Right. But I'm like, is that really true? No, no. Are we not. really that trusting? Unless you guys grew up in Canada, I don't believe that to be true. No, no offense to your parents. I'm just saying. Like, oh, that's right. just I'm like, no. No. And that's another thing, too, that I don't find believable about the show, but... You know what I'm saying? But I really liked uh, the fact that Eleven finally got her whole entire shine on with season three because she was really fleshed out really well. Tell, tell me real and, quick, like, what, what is her deal? Like, I saw, like, a, a, a Simpsons episode where it talked about, like, made, like, a parody of that. Is she from Purgatory? Is that what's going on with her? She's actually part of Purgatory and stuff like that. She's actually part of the Russian experiments and stuff like that. So she's like she's from like you know, like like the dimension between heaven and hell is what. No, 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 no. She doesn't have any aspects like that. Okay. She's just, she was just born with supernatural powers. Oh. oh. And stuff like that, and so it happens to be her father was actually part of the whole entire Russian uh, government thing and made her go under government experiments within that whole entire facility in Hawkins, and so. He made her try and crush a soda can with her mind and stuff like that up until she uh, escaped from there and everything. And then the government's after her, the Russian government's after her. Well, what's the, what's the xenomorph thing? What's that all about? The xenomorph thing is where she has her telekinesis powers, stuff like that. She can actually go in and actually see what other people are doing. Like, she can actually have the powers to like knowing that you and I are having conversations and everything and go into another realm to where she can actually see what we're talking about. And what like the creature comes from that or No, the creature comes from the world of the upside down. There's actually not really any connection with that at all. It's just the whole so it's the bee that this they're actually trying to unleash this uh dimension at the same time that this is actually going on. 
like the same the same organization who was studying the kid is what you told me. Yeah. All right. So you have that going on while they're actually trying to open up this dimension and trying to figure out what this dimension is. That sounds convenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're actually trying to pretend there's nothing actually going on in there or anything like that when the cops do investigate. And I'm assuming she's some kind of savior type character. Uh, what's that? The Eleven. She's like some kind of savior type character. Yeah, she pretty much saves the group and stuff like that. All right. Oh, right. You know, I mean, so, that's great. I'm glad, like, you know, everyone loves it. It's just, I'm glad I didn't hop on that train. It just sounds very predictable. But, hey, you like it, so there you go. And I understand where you're coming <laughs> from, too. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, because you're thinking of Neo, the one. Well, I kept thinking about, like, the, I know, like, this has a stigma attached to it, but, like, the word Mary Sue kept popping inside my head, so. Right, and some people are did call her a Mary Sue before, too. You're not the only one that called her a Mary Sue-type character. And don't get me wrong, because, like, Luke is kind of like a Mary Sue also, so, you know, right. guys all can also be Mary Sues. But the announcement that I saw today was season four is going to be actually eight episodes instead of six episodes. Uh-oh. So, what I'm thinking is, they actually said that they were actually going to plan on just doing four seasons, and that's it. (laughs) Well, is he going to get canceled in the fourth season, or are they going to make a spinoff? So, yeah. (laughs) Get get this, though. What I wanted to see was an anthology series. In what way? In, in a way of this. Okay, while you have these group of kids doing this thing, you have another group of kids that are do, going on their own thing doing something else. Mm. Like, they can actually pass each other in the hallways and everything and know each other, but there's other stuff going on within the other characters. That's a, that's an old trope, too. Like it, It's not like as, as well-known as most, but that's, that's a little, like a passing of the guard kind of thing. That's a, yeah, I've seen that quite a few times. Right, and that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see like an anthology series, but when they said they were weren't going to do that, and the reason why they're doing four seasons is because these kids are getting older, right? And the fact that this was only centered around the kids and not the adults, they said that it's actually time for us to actually end with four seasons. Well, understandable. Right, and I feel like this, and I have to say this about Kurt Sutter was the reason why I actually am I actually have to agree with him on this statement is the fact anything after four seasons becomes repetitive. Kind of does, yeah. It kind of gets oversaturated. Exactly. And then I'm like, well, that makes sense because I don't want to see, oh, it's the Upside Down again. Oh, it's this monster again. Oh, it's the aliens taking over this town again. All right, we're done. stuff like that. We're done, guys. Time to pack it up. Get on out of here. Exactly. (laughs) But eight episodes, eh, I'm okay with eight. I'm just kind of weary of it because most people nowadays have a have attention span of a goldfish. A good amount, too. You know, and I just don't know if they're going to focus on eight episodes. And don't get me wrong, I know that we binge the heck out of different, different stuff, but I don't know if they're actually going to sit there and watch a whole eight hours worth of I'll tell you right TV now, shows. I haven't watched the show, but I can tell you right now, since the, the show's being canceled, they're going to spread out the character interactions with each other. It's going to be more character-based than the last season. I haven't watched the show, but I can almost guarantee you 
That's what's going to happen. That's true. These characters could get flushed out a lot more. Characters are going to die. Like, see their progression in the future. That's exactly what they're going to. That's exactly what they're going to do. I can see that. This has been fun. But, but anyways, um, I think that's going to be it for for now for the show and everything. They've had me on, man. I, Hey, I'm I'm glad to have you on. I'm I really am. I've been meaning to have you on for a while and everything. It's just good now that we actually had a good chance to actually sit down and be able to do this. Sit down, chit chat about nerddom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I hope everyone has no a good problem, day today. And don't forget to follow D Murray at uh, FTO FTO Nerd, Nerd Talk. Talk. <laughs> You'll you'll see it. It'll be in your face so much, like like oh my god, this guy again. It's whatever. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna be seeing so much of D though. Like seriously, if you enjoy me talking to D, make sure you hit him up on the podcast and everything at FTO Nerd Talk. He's really good at what he does. Not only that, but his guests are really good. His interviews are good. I strongly recommend checking him out. And I'm not only that, I have to say this too before we get off here. I listen to some political stuff that you actually talked about. I love how respected that you actually made that subject. That was actually pretty cool. How you and the other person actually talked about that subject. And it was really good. I haven't seen people actually be able to be where you can actually have two sides of the story and have a good debate and everything and talk about it. I I actually like that. Well, you always gotta see like stuff from other other people's angles because some people see what they see because uh, that's how they see it. And sometimes, like, you just got to see where they're coming from, even if you <laughs> there's a lot of people probably won't like this, but even if you know that they're wrong, what you believe is what you believe, but, like, facts are a whole different thing. Like, facts is irrefutable. Like, uh, it's it's like, like having the right to do something. Like, you have the right to do certain things in certain countries, and those are rights. Rights cannot be taken from you because they're a right. So when you say, like, you know, you can't do something because of X, Y, and Z, that's you putting yourself in the, into a right, and you can't really do that. But it's nice to talk about sometimes. It is. It really is. And I like how fair you guys were with that subject. It was really good, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. But anyways, that's going to do it for me for Movie Loves Unite. And until next time, bye-bye. Take it easy, guys.